Who am I? Why am I here? Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I shall not seek and I will not accept the nomination of my party for another term as your president. Tear down this wall. And the wall just got 10 feet taller. We're going to California and Texas and New York. And we're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Welcome to Election Shock Therapy and Sound the Alarms. This is an emergency podcast. Joining me quickly in my office with bated breath is... Andy Bramson. I'm Mitchell Crum. And I'm Chris Moore. Thank you for joining us here at Bethel University. Uh, we're trying to, we're trying, trying guys to tamp down this podcast uh, <laughs> to once or twice a month. And the Trump administration will not allow us to do so. That's right. They're just making it too exciting. <laughs> I know. So uh, we're, we were all sort of, you know, staring at our screens last night. And the news came out that uh, Michael Flynn, uh, national security advisor, would be stepping down. And we decided we had to talk about this in short mm. order. So here we are. Gents. What happened? Go for it, Mitchell. Uh, well, uh, as of last night, we uh, uh, Michael Flynn uh, basically submitted his resignation and said that the reason for his resignation was that he had uh, both uh, engaged in inappropriate conversations with uh, Russian officials. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, say, basically, not according to I don't know. We don't have the transcripts, but according right. to the official report, there are some transcripts of telephone calls floating around, which are is there? weird. Yeah. Okay, I haven't, I haven't seen those yet. Okay, um, but at any rate, uh, at least the reports I've read um, basically indicate that he implied he didn't necessarily come out and promise mm-hmm. that <laughs> the sanctions uh, imposed by the Obama administration would be lifted once Trump was in office, and so that they shouldn't, so, and thus encouraging the Russians mm-hmm. not to retaliate, not to assume that this would actually be standing policy for any length of time. Right. right. Um, now, so that's so that's the one, so that's the first thing. So number one was uh, uh, discussing and possibly undermining um, a sitting presidential administration. Right. Um, in negotiations. And mm-hmm. the second um, part to this is that, at least according to the official story, he then lied to Mike Pence uh, about what he said. He told Mike Pence... Uh, God uh, knows you don't lie to Mike Pence. Right. That's right. He told Mike. He told Mike <laughs> Pence that uh, that he had only had pleasantries. He hadn't actually discussed anything of substance, <laughs> which is what you're supposed to do. Correct. So he had right. told Mike Pence right. that you know he just did what he was supposed to do. He exchanged pleasantries with these officials, yeah. mm-hmm. and that that was it. When in fact, um, you know, and these are things that are tracked by the Justice Department and other agencies. He had not yes. um, only engaged in pleasantries. Now, to be f- to be fair, the reason why you, you never lie to Mike Pence is because Mike Pence went on TV and said that these right. conversations hadn't taken place. Right. So either right. Flynn is lying to him or Mike Pence is in trouble. Right. And yeah. for this administration, it's much more, it's much better for Mike Flynn to be in trouble than for Mike Pence to be in trouble. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So why is this a problem? Uh, constitutionally, why do we, uh, why, why can't an incoming president and an incoming president's administration talk to foreign governments? Uh, well, I mean, on the one hand, so the, there's the, um, there's the Logan Act, which yes. basically says that no one is supposed to be negotiating with foreign governments. This is something that basically keeps the power with the president. The president is supposed to be the one who is, uh, you know, basically the end of diplomacy for the United States. I mean, right. they're the ones who appoint the diplomats, set diplomatic policy, things like that. So if you have and, – and, and really this kind of goes back to the founding. I mean, basically at the time of the founding, you had the different states trying to negotiate different treaties with different foreign governments. Right. And this led to all sorts of confusion in the states trying to play – 
foreign governments off of each other for advantage over the other states and all sorts mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. problems. And so basically the idea going back to the founding is you want all the diplomacy to be with the president. And the Logan Act is a contemporary iteration of this um, right. idea here, basically that you want only the president to be the one um, handling for uh, you know, diplomatic relations in that way. Uh, and so basically what that says is no other person is supposed to engage in these kinds of um, uh, engage, engage in, in diplomatic relations except for the president or someone appointed by the president. And mm-hmm. if this happened, right, if this – if it, well, and it looks like it did, right? So since <laughs> Flynn, yeah. uh, since Flynn um, engaged in diplomatic relations, he basically violated um, – The Logan Act. The, yeah, the Logan Act and uh, basically was was undermining. I mean the, the real root of the problem is it essentially undermines the ability of the president of the United States to actually engage in, in diplomatic relations, uh, which is – um, a problem. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm curious there's, here. But, there's, oh, there's a there's a, a thing that was a news story during the transition time after Trump had mm-hmm. won the election, but before Obama had left office, where you heard perhaps heard the news several times. You know, we have one president at a time. Right. And right. the idea here is that the incoming president should be working on their transition, but not doing actual governance. And Trump was criticized for some of his tweets and some of the right. other actions right. he was taking mm-hmm. prior to becoming president. Right. Uh, including taking yep. phone calls from the president of Taiwan, for example, right. that um, perhaps were undermining the current mm-hmm. U.S. president, which was Barack Obama. And this is always a problem because even in a even in any other election year, the incoming president is usually popular. They've been elected, you know, they've mm-hmm. been elected, so they have a high right. honeymoon period. And the outgoing president at the end of four years or eight years is a lame duck, and they're usually a little, maybe a little bit less popular. And mm-hmm. so there's always mm-hmm. this tension of, of how much power do we allot an elected but right. not yet inaugurated leader. And uh, it's it's especially clear this time. Can I ask a question of both of you? Because I'm I'm I, I get this conversation we're having. I agree from a legal standpoint about the problems. I mean, I think that's all all correct. I, but I'm not sure that this is why Mike Flynn is gone. Right there I mean, you go. And because yeah. um, <laughs> I don't think Donald Trump is remotely troubled by the fact that uh, Mike Flynn may have undermined. Or Barack Obama. I'm not necessarily convinced Mike Pence is all that troubled by that either, right? Mm-hmm. So it seems to me I'm it, it has more to do with Trump's intelligence. But how much did he even know the Logan Act existed prior to? Well, this? right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's just. I mean, he's not a government guy, and he's not yeah. up on the intricacies. So yeah, I would not be surprised if this was the first he'd heard of it. But um, the, on top of that, I mean, I just think that this has more to do with Flynn's internal position mm-hmm. um, in the administration. So I'm curious what you you think of that, particularly Chris, that, as the yeah. IR guy. In other words, um, that he because he apparently gave Mike Pence misleading right. and or false information. Right, incomplete information at best, lies at worst. Right, um, that this you know made him essentially um, made Pence unwilling to have him at the table um, and said, you know, look, he's got to go. We, we can't trust this guy. This, yep. you know, we have to have somebody who's giving us correct information so that if we're lying, we're lying to a purpose. We're not lying mm-hmm. because we're we've been told lies essentially, and we're correct. passing them on. Um, and that seems to what to be what Pence's big big beef is here. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess I, I'm, I think it's more about that kind of conflict mm-hmm. and, and then lack of trust now with that Flynn had in the administration, mm-hmm. um, particularly with Pence. But it seemed like it was starting to happen with Trump, too, um, that that was really what's undermining him, not these you know problems with the Logan Logan law. Well, if it's the way you characterize it, Andy, that there's uh, this is a problem of a, of, a, of of distrust between uh, Flynn and Pence. Then that tells us something about P- uh, Pence's position within his presidency. We've, mm-hmm. we've wondered whether mm-hmm. Pence would be a really um, influential uh, member right. of this administration. You know, we, we've, we've been talking last time about whether Steve uh, Bannon or Reince Priebus controlled the, the West Wing, but now right. we're, we're, how much does Mike Pence matter? Right. I'm actually, if, if you would mind passing me my tinfoil hat here, I'm going to go straight <laughs> conspiracy theorist on oh, you. Oh, okay, good. Um, so again, this is entirely speculation. 
But the reason that Mike Pence defend, uh, said that um, there had been no uh, negotiations with the Russians was because he was defending um, Donald Trump, right. who was uh, was has been accused repeatedly by his opponents of of being either in league with the Russians or overly duped by the Russians if you're being sort of charitable <laughs> or perhaps even being blackmailed by the Russians if you want to be decisively uncharitable. Right. And when so when Pence was defending Trump, it's possible here that um, we needed now that it was clear that Trump or that the administration was negotiating with right. with with Russia, at least Mike Flynn was that Mike Flynn needs to be the fall guy mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, Pence can't be the fall guy. That's too damaging. Right. Uh, and certainly, right. if this leads all the way back to the president, um, they need to kind of, kind of, you know, set a backfire and, and mm-hmm. cut this off with Mike mm-hmm. Flynn. And so, Mike Flynn's resignation isn't so much about distrust with with Mike Pence; it's that someone need to be the fall guy to protect the administration right. from what is really, really, is an impeachable offense. Right. And Mike and Mike yeah. Flynn. I mean, I, I did look, read over his, you know, his resignation letter, and it was a very much a sort of active, um, you know, reaffirming all the good of this presidency from right. his perspective. Um, while well, yeah, he's, he's more or less falling on, on the sword. way out. What's that? He's certainly not backbiting on the no, way out. No, no. I mean, you know, he ends it with, you know, I'm confident that Trump's going to make America great again and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it does feel like it's a way of protecting protecting them. So, I, yeah, I'm open to that, that theory as well. And, I th- and, for, and also just to sort of support that, and even, and this kind of, I think, builds in maybe um, – the most charitable and yet somewhat conspiratorial um, <laughs> reading of this. Would you like to borrow my tinfoil Yeah, yeah, I, maybe I should borrow it just <laughs> a little bit. But if I can just sort of build on that. I mean, part of this could also be that uh, Michael Flynn, I mean, there have been reports that Michael Flynn um, basically is somewhat unstable himself. I mean, that he has, that, that was part of the reason he was, he left the Pentagon, that he was right. out of there. And maybe part of this, you know, it, it could be, of course, that Trump actually told him he wanted some something communicated to the Russians, right? And it's right. going to be probably impossible to prove that unless there's, you know, unless Trump has been like Nixon is recording all his mm-hmm. conversations, Seems right? Seems unlikely. Seems unlikely that there's right. going to be, a, a, you know, recorded tapes of those conversations. So, but that's possible, and that I think is what you're getting at, right? So that's sort of yep. the impeachable offense. Um, but barring that, right, perhaps it could be, too, that uh, Flynn, just like, you know, as we saw with the Mar-a-Lago um, the discussions and some yes. of the other conversations was just reading, uh, you know, Trump's tweets yep. and mm-hmm. was basically just like, I think this is what Trump wants me to do. Yeah, I haven't right. received direct right. instructions, but it seems right. like Trump wants me to negotiate with the Russians. And so mm-hmm. being a good mm-hmm. follower, so I'm when I'm supposed to be having pleasantries, I'll say, I'll do a little bit more than pleasantries. I'll yeah. suggest yeah. that we're going to drop it. I'll say some things they'll find very pleasant. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you know, and, yeah. and, and, and in which case, I mean, that shows, you know, sort of the ongoing problems mm-hmm. that we're still mm-hmm. kind of seem to fall out with this, mm-hmm. you know, you know, presidential order by via tweet, um, but it also, um, but but it would also sort of lend both. It, it basically, would mean the presidency isn't quite as uh, hasn't quite committed the offenses of, of right. you know the impeachable offense, but it still shows a deep problem of leadership. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things I, mean, I like the way you frame that, Mitch, because if that, that seems entirely plausible that. Members of the Trump administration are trying to intuit what the president wants and pursue that because um, because this president is not uh, a micromanager by any means. Let's put mm-hmm. it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, he might be even Calvin Coolidge-esque in some of the ways he's allowing his administrators to run to, uh, to run his administration. That leaves them uh, with the task of intuiting what he wants yeah. right. and in, inferring from tweets or inferring mm-hmm. from uh, from his interaction with cable news. You know, right. That's that's the way they might be doing it. And, and, and if that yeah. if that's true, that says something about the presidency to come to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do think that point is basically right. I mean, I don't. It doesn't seem to me that. 
Mike Flynn was doing anything that Trump didn't want or at least imply right. he wanted, right? Exactly. Um, and so that, that's what, which comes back to the point, like, why is he actually getting fired? Because I don't think it's about, you know, he expressed something policy-wise that Trump's unhappy with mm-hmm. or that he undermined Obama and that Trump somehow cares about that because of presidential right. power. Um, that just seems less plausible. Right. I mean, the other the other interesting thing about this whole story breaking here is um, it relates to another story we had earlier in the weekend, which, of course, is now overshadowed. Um, which was the sort of Trump's handling of national security documents, right? I mean, right. Um, so he was down at Mar-a-Lago, his you know his big you know property down in Florida, right? Yeah. Yes. And um, and so he's down there and having this meeting with the Japanese prime minister. At which point they find out that North Korea has t- tested nuclear missiles, and he's basically just looking at or, or tested a missile tested de- delivery system, yeah, yeah t- tested delivery system, right? And so um, you know, he's basically looking at these national security documents with flashlight and kind of discussing them in sort of this open forum almost, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like, just with all these rich people hanging out and the yeah. Japanese prime minister and so forth, um, which is just really disturbing, again, for um, a guy who, you know, based his claim for the presidency and his ca- campaign against Hillary Clinton on her utter irresponsibility and mishandling of national security documents, her, you know, um, carelessness in regards to the security, the email, to the server. email server, right? And now it's just like, let's have an open-air discussion um, of these things on my very not secure phone, right? Essentially, right. Um, and so it's really weird. Taking pictures of which, mm-hmm. which documents, you know, sensitive documents were on desks and things, mm-hmm. right? Right. Well, and of course, I mean, there were even the wealthy people. Some of those, some of them were actually uh, tweeted out pictures oh, yeah. of this happening. I right. Mean, so this right. is yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is this is really yeah. So it's, so it's, it kind of builds this narrative of a. Um, a presidential administration that's just really careless about security and mm-hmm. that is not respecting the laws that govern the way you do security, um, which is interesting, especially given what they campaigned on. My favorite uh, component of this story, uh, just for laughs, is, um, is, is if, you, if you follow the presidents and you follow national security issues, you know that there is a attendee from the Department of Defense who accompanies the president um, everywhere they go, outside the mm-hmm. White House, mm-hmm. with a bag, uh, a duffel bag, known mm-hmm. as the football. Right. And the football allows the president to initiate command and control sequences to launch nuclear weapons, even if they're not at the White House or in a, you know, mm-hmm. or an Air Force One or something like that. And it's... It's it's not exactly clear what's in this football. I mean, there's some legal documents, but there's also some right. electronics that allow the president to re, to get in contact with um, missile defense command. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, this is usually a very low key, uh, unpublicized position. This is somebody right. that may show up in pictures, but is never public identified right. until this last weekend <laughs> when people were taking <laughs> selfies with the guy carrying the football. <laughs> so, um, mm. it, so this is a you know this is a specific position, or I imagine a, a team of people who mm-hmm. who, who fulfill right. this role. Mm-hmm. But it's this was something that was sort of publicized, and one assumes now that the people who were in those pictures probably will not be carrying the football sometime in the near future. Mm-hmm. That they'll be finding replacements for them. One would hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One would hope. Oh dear! All right. Uh, well, before we go, this is like I said, this is an emergency podcast. But I have to, I have to throw a little bit of national security advisor trivia at you all. <laughs> um, this is a brief reminder for if you are, if you haven't uh, come across this information, uh, dear listeners, is that the uh, national security advisor is a comparatively new position in American right. politics. Uh, we had our first national security advisor in 1953, uh, which the National Security Council was created out of the National Security Act, mm-hmm. and uh, really uh, was formed in a way to help sort of ch- uh, modernize American. Uh, military infrastructure and security mm-hmm. infrastructure to fight the Cold War. Right. Uh, the first national. Well, I should ask you. Uh, this is deep trivia. The first <laughs> national security advisor. 
I do not recall. Yeah, you shouldn't. Um, it's not a major figure in uh, in American foreign policy, but it's Robert Cutler uh, served for just about two years. Okay. Now, the National Security Advisor um, typically has been a much more bureaucratic position, but over mm-hmm. recent years has taken on more and more political prominence. Right. More political advisors to the president have become National Security Advisors. But I have to. Uh, uh, so uh, Mike Flynn has now set the, uh, a record. For the shortest Yay. serving national security advisor <laughs> at 24 days. And as our friend Sam uh, Mulberry said, th- the first five of those days were probably just orientation, right? I mean, he's just getting like his badge and signing up for, signing up for his retirement plan. I mean, right, you know. That's right. Well, he's getting <sighs> to that retirement plan he sooner than pass. expected. So, so uh, he's somewhere around 19 days of national security right. advisorship. That's right. Um, well, apparently he started early because, you know. Yeah, that's oh, yeah, the conversations. Go. <laughs> got to jump on it. Maybe, maybe if he'd had the orientation before. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, they were a little busy for that. Now, most, most presidents have had more than one national security advisor. These are jobs that burn people out. Yeah. So can you name the three, without looking at my screen here, since you guys are looking at can you name the three Bush national security or I'm sorry, not Bush, Obama national security advisors? Ooh, Obama. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who this for, actually. Um, let's see. Was Susan Rice? She there was, we go. Right? Yeah, Susan, Susan Rice, Rice um, was completed and was also his longest serving. She was the first term. She served. Uh, no, she ended. Uh, she served from 2013 to 2017. Oh, sorry, she was the second term. That's right. She was yeah. ambassador to UN in the first term. That's right? correct. That's right. Yeah. So she served um, for 1,299 uh, 1, yeah. days, or I, if you're keeping track, about 1,275 days, days longer than, than Mike Flynn. Flynn. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember his other two though. Yeah. Uh, Tom Donilon. Um, yeah. Who was present during was uh, the um, the Obama strike, which took out the okay. line. Yep. And he and he began his term with James Jones. Uh, oh, who was a, right. Who was a former general. He didn't last that long. No, uh, six uh, six hundred twenty six days. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. comparatively long. But. Right, comparatively long. <laughs> All right. Now, so so um, George W. Bush had two. Uh, Condoleezza Rice. Yep. Uh, who left to take over to become Secretary of State? Right. right. And Stephen Hadley. Right. Uh, Hadley, who yeah. is who, as a Republican, has been a fairly outspoken critic of the Obama or the right. Trump administration. Excuse right. me. Right. Um, let's see here. Who can you guess? Who's the longest serving national security advisor? Is it? Is it Kissinger? It is Kissinger. Oh, wow. Nice. Oh. I mean, he he did it for six years. So. Yes. Um, Henry Kissinger was president was national security advisor for the entirety of Richard Nixon's term, and also uh, served for a time under Gerald yeah. Ford after Richard Nixon's. And uh, he was simultaneously Secretary of State, and then became and Secretary of State yeah. for. Well, he was um, simultaneously yes, for about yeah, two yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Brent Scowcroft uh, succeeded him. And Scowcroft was also national security advisor under George H. W. Bush, I think, wasn't he? Correct. So um, left that position. Uh, Zbigniew Brzezinski took over under Jimmy Carter, but then right. he returned under. Under Bush, HW. Yeah. Um, boy, what else? What else could I ask you here? <laughs> Should we? You didn't know we were going to have national security advisor trivia. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's fun times. Um, I'll, I'll go a little deep cut here. Um, I won't get out of your out of your lifetime though. So you could do can Kissinger. Name, uh, Bill Clinton also had two national security advisors. Can you name them? Man. Um. No. Let's see. Let's... Would you? Would you need, do you need a hint? I need hints. Yeah. Uh, bodies of water and sandwiches. Oh, Anthony Lake. There you right. go. Tony Lake. Um, and. Who was his first national security advisor and served yeah. for 1,500 days. Yeah. Mitch, the sandwich is all yours. Mitch, the sandwich is, yeah, I'm not sure. Sandy Berger. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, Sandy Berger, I, I mentioned I bring this one up because uh, this is a, a sort of a direct connection to to Mitch and I here. We have bragged in the past about being proud graduates of the Ohio State University. Uh, Sandy Berger, as National Security Advisor, and um, Madeline Albright as, as um, Secretary of State, uh, gave a talk in the late '90s um, mm-hmm. at Ohio State University about um, U.S. military involvement in um, in Yugoslavia and the lack of U.S. military involvement in places like Rwanda and it was a very, very rancorous, contentious pu- public, public uh, mm. talk. Mm. Uh, they were widely booed and protested by the Ohio State students and wow. uh, was sort of seen as a black eye on, Amer- on the Clinton administration's foreign policy. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Well, guys, thanks for indulging me in your National Security <laughs> Council trivia. Um, if you're wondering what happens now, uh, there is an interim National Security Advisor uh, who takes over mm-hmm. and will serve until uh, – we'll, we'll probably not serve long-term. We'll probably see a, a very quickly, I would imagine, the Trump administration yeah. try to replace him. I mean, he's theoretically under consideration, but it doesn't sound like he's the front runner. I, so. I would doubt it. Yeah. So the, the three names um, – I can't remember the three names we mentioned. But it's the, Steve this Bannon. Guy. Steve Bannon. It's going to be Steve no, Bannon, right? Not Steve Bannon. <laughs> has not been mentioned, which is good. Although, <laughs> stay tuned. Um but uh, the the main guy, actually, I don't, um, I was not familiar with. Petraeus has been mentioned, but yes, it's not Steve considered. Petraeus has already been fav- supposedly favorite. at the White House for a discussion. So, so, yeah. But the, yeah, there's a lower profile guy who's supposedly the front runner, from what I read. So Now, Petraeus is, has a media problem. Petraeus, I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll say this for my own personal tastes. I think David Petraeus would be an excellent national security advisor. Right. Um, right. I'm an admirer of his thinking and yep. of the way he yep. prosecutes uh, counterinsurgency uh, scholarship. That said, his major fall from grace was sharing sensitive information (laughs) with his biographer, who was also his lover. Um, So that's going to be a hard confirmation if you're trying to clean up a sensitive information sharing problem. Right. Right. That said, if they can manage it, I would applaud that that appointment. Yeah. No, I I agree with that totally. He's... I think he's got the brain for it, but his background is just really problematic. So I think he goes with a lower profile. Yeah. Less controversial candidate. They're all military people again, so yeah. we're, it sounds like we're going to get a military guy. Unless yeah. he brings Kissinger back, who's still around. Could, <laughs> could you back. imagine? How old is Henry Kissinger? 93. 93? <laughs> yep. Oh, my goodness. Um, yep. So, you know, that's... We have 93-year-old uh, John Dingle tweeting at Trump, so I don't see why we couldn't have yeah, Kissinger like, back. Yeah, like yeah, 93-year-old Henry Kissinger tweeting at somebody. There we go. <laughs> Um, all right, gentlemen, we got to sign off here. But, yep. uh, thanks for joining us for this emergency podcast. Uh, we we reserve the right to do these as long as the Trump administration keeps having uh, ha- amazing things happening. So, <laughs> on behalf of my colleagues, it's here great again. Like, what's that? It's great again as long as it keeps doing great things. It's, it's, make, great, it's, it's great. making election shock therapy. It's great again. for yeah. us, man. <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of my colleagues here, this is Chris Moore saying thank you for listening and go Royals. Mm-hmm.